How y'all doing this morning? Well, I feel like I'm from Virginia already. It's crazy. After a year and a half, y'all. I feel like I finally fit in. All right, cool. Yeah, amen for Strasburg. All right. There's a stretch of interstate in eastern Utah called I-70. It was voted one of the top ten most remote areas in the United States. There's about a 110-mile stretch between Green River and Saline, Utah, in the desert. But there's only six exits. There's no towns and no gas stations. Can you imagine that? Six exits, no towns, no gas stations. We go on this road trip called life. And a lot of times we're going to go through the desert. We're going to have these times of testing. You know, our schedules get crazy. We get caught up with our jobs. We have our own problems. You know, we take on everybody else's problems. Sometimes we feel like we can't make it anymore. But my question is, do you have enough fuel for those times when you go through the desert? Do you have enough fuel when the, you go through that desert and, you know, you feel like you can't make it anymore? Because you can be in danger of wrecking your body, your heart, and your soul if you don't have enough fuel to get through those deserts in life on this road trip called life. We look at Jesus, and we know that Jesus humbled himself as a human. And he almost experienced everything that we experience except for sin. And he had some deserts he had to go through in his life. We're going to talk about one desert he had to go through uh, today in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. If you want to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 4 this morning, that'd be great. Talking about the temptation of Jesus. To give you a little background, Jesus was baptized before this happened. Um, the Spirit descended on him like a dove. He got baptized to fulfill all righteousness. And uh, Jesus is in this period where he's getting ready to do his ministry. Jesus has to go through a time of testing in the desert before his ministry starts. Starting at verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift, up, they will lift you up in their hands, so you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, It is also written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. So I have one question first I'm going to ask you. As you go through the deserts of life, and as you make sure you have enough fuel, are you using the right fuel? 
That's the first question I want to throw out at you. Are you using the right fuel as you go, as you go through these deserts of life? You see, because Satan tried to tempt Jesus with the wrong fuel. You know, Satan knew that if he was ever going to tempt Jesus, it would be at this time in the desert. Because Jesus was exhausted. He was fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Anything would have looked appetizing at that point. And Satan knew at his point of exhaustion, he would be closer to being tempted more than any other time in his life. There's a story about a man who filled up somebody's car with the wrong fuel. Get to it here. A Porsche owner was left facing a 15-pound repair bill. This was overseas. After she lent her beloved car to her friend, and filled it up with the wrong fuel. Businessman Alan Thompson, 64, wanted to thank friend Elizabeth Moulton, 66, by returning her Cayenne 4x4 with a full tank after borrowing it for the weekend. But he pumped petrol into the luxury off-roader, unaware it actually ran on diesel. Mrs. Moulton immediately noticed the 50,000-pound Cayenne had a problem and drove the spluttering car to a local Porsche dealership, with Mr. Thompson offering to pay for the damage. But they were left angry when the dealership quartered her 14,600 pounds to fix the car, before another garage eventually solved the problem for just 1,000 pounds. So if you put the wrong fuel in your car, there's a good chance it's going to mess up your motor. And there's a chance that you could do a lot of damage to your body, your heart, and your soul. Are we ready for those times when we go through the desert when Satan's going to tempt us with the wrong fuel? Because we see that, that uh, Jesus was tempted with the wrong fuel because Satan was like, Hey, I want you to use your supernatural power to turn these stones to bread. We know that would be defeating you know, the purpose of Jesus being in the desert in the first place. Because Jesus was supposed to rely on the Spirit. Jesus was supposed to rely on God at this time of testing. And if he were to use the supernatural power, that would defeat the purpose of him being tested. And him relating to humans. And it seems like, hey, I want to make you a, a human spectacle. I want you to show off some of your power. And that would have gone against anything that Jesus um, was about in the desert too. That would have killed Jesus' humility through this time of testing in the desert. And then Satan tried to tempt Jesus, and he said, hey, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all these things. And that would have totally defeated the purpose of Jesus, you know, being in the desert on another level. If he were to give in to bowing down and worshiping Satan, and if he were to give in to bowing down and, and, and worshiping Satan. So are you guys going to give in to the wrong fuel? It is so easy to give into the wrong feel. When you're exhausted, when you're panicking, when life throws crazy curveballs and life throws a lot of craziness at you, it's easy to look for a quick fix. It's so easy to look for a quick fix. I heard this illustration this week, and, and I was wrestling with whether or not I was going to use it, but it's killing me, but it, it's sort of funny. But uh, our guest speaker this week, uh, he has a sister that works at Grundy Mountain Mission School, and I guess they used to... Um, let people wrap their presents for Christmas that they would send over there. But I guess they don't let people wrap the presents anymore. 
They just tell them to send the presents and they wrap them because one time somebody wrapped up a present that had uh, poopy diapers in it one time. And so they told people, you can't wrap presents anymore. And the speaker, he's like, Satan likes to put poop in a box, you know. He likes to wrap up sin and make it look really well, and then you open it up. It's like, man, this reeks, man, this is nasty. And Satan likes to tempt you with the wrong feel by making, you know, poop in a box look attractive. It looks good. It feels good for a while. You're looking for a quick fix. When you're panicking in the desert, you know, you're desperate for something that's going to give you a quick fix. You're desperate for something that's going to look good and feel good. Then you open it up. It's like, man, what did I get myself into? This reeks. This is horrible. How many of you guys like IHOP? Does anybody like IHOP? Free pancake day? Can I hear amen? Taste and see the Lord is good, right? I love free pancake day because I load up on all these pancakes, but afterwards, you know, I'm like, why did I eat that? You know, the IHOP should be called, you know, the I barely move. You know, there's a opinion that that said the IHOP should be the I barely move, and I definitely agree with that. You know, you eat all these pancakes, they feel good coming in, but then you're like, man, why did I eat that? I can't move the rest of the day. This is horrible. That's another way that Satan makes sin look attractive. That's a big way that Satan tempts us with the, the wrong fuel. You see, Jesus told his disciples as he was going into the garden to get somebody to pray, stay awake. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. The spirit is willing, but the body is weak. We need to have that fuel to go into the desert because the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. We are going to get tired. We are going to get exhausted. And it's easier for our hearts and our souls and our bodies and our minds to fall asleep where we put ourselves in danger of spiritual destruction. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be alert and of sober mind, for your enemy Satan prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. You see, Satan knows when you're not alert. Satan knows when you're not of a sober mind. That's why your body, your heart, and your soul can't fall asleep. Because the spirit is willing, and the body is weak. That's why a lot of people look at pornography. That's why a lot of people do drugs. That's why a lot of people do alcohol. It feels like a quick fix. It's poop in a box. It feels good for a little while. It looks good. It, it, it takes you away from your problems for a little while, but you're still left empty, and you feel farther away from God. And Satan can tell people with that wrong kind of feel because the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Let's look at verse 1 of Matthew chapter 4. This is a part that I always overlook in this passage. You know, I've read this passage like 80 billion times, and, you know, I read it, I read it, I read it, I'm like, oh, wow. You know, this really jumps out at me for the first time after reading it 80 billion times. And Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert. We don't always notice that part of that passage. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert. Our right fuel is, is the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit. But here's the reality. The Spirit's going to lead us into the desert. The Spirit is going to lead us into a time of testing. 
Are you ready for that time of testing? Are you going to let the Spirit be your GPS? But this GPS isn't going to give you any shortcuts. And when we're led by the Spirit into the desert, we come to find out that these times of testing are for the development of our faith. These times of testing strengthen our faith on so many different levels. There was an extreme uh, Muslim that uh, accepted Christ in his early 20s, and he talked about this time when he was in prison and how it really helped him to um, see that his time in the desert was a time of strengthening his faith. This was a devotional that was sent to me by Open Doors International. And it's an excerpt from uh, Ron Boyd uh, McMillan's um, Faith That Endures. I remember interviewing a former Muslim extremist in Egypt. He had converted to Christ in his early 20s and led a church for Muslim converts. This is illegal in Egypt, and the fellowship was betrayed to the police. Soon this young man found himself in prison. He was tortured. An electric cattle prod was pushed into his mouth. He was whipped and hung from the ceiling with his hands tied behind his back. But all of this paled into significance compared to what other prisoners called the experience. He was pushed into a stone box, a cube about five feet square. No light, no latrine, and he was left there for a month. Food being passed through a grate every few days, most prisoners went mad as a result of the experience, but not him. He found Christ there, and the words he used to describe his experience are still the most brilliant description of the process of how persecution actually delivers more of God. In great suffering, you discover a different Jesus than you do in normal life. Normally, we are able to hide from ourselves who we really are and what we are really like. The ego is well defended, but pain changes all that. Pain and suffering bring up to the surface all the weak points of your personality. You are too weak to mount the usual defenses, and you just have to gaze at what you really are like. I was a wreck in that cell. I was reduced to tears all the time, crying, weeping, sobbing, and wailing in the never-changing utter darkness. I came face to face with how awful I really was. I saw all the horrible things I had done. All the horrible things I was. I kept seeing myself again and again, but just as I was about to collapse into complete despair and self-loathing and probably die, an incredible realization burst into the cell like an exploding star. It was this. Jesus loved me even right then, as I sat in my own filth, weak, helpless, and broken, empty, and sinful. Even in that state, he loved me, and Christ rushed in and filled me. And the feeling was so great because I was so empty. When you're at those times of being close to running out empty, that feeling from the Holy Spirit feels a lot more great compared to times when we have really good times. And when you're filled with the Spirit, you're never thirsty, you're never hungry, and when you go in the desert, you're already filled up. And you're filled with God's Word, and you're filled with discernment. We see Jesus combating Satan with Scripture. And then Satan would throw Scripture at Jesus, and Jesus had the discernment through the Spirit to know that Satan was taking Scripture out of context. And a lot of times we don't know how to take Scripture out of context. And, and Satan can give us the wrong fuel by taking Scripture out of context a lot of times. That's why it's so vital to know our Bibles, and it's so vital to know how to study our Bibles on top of knowing God's Word. Ephesians 5 says, Don't get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. What are you filling yourself up with? When we get close to running on empty, we're going to fill ourselves up with something. It's just a question of what. What are you going to fill yourself up with? Because if you don't fill yourself up with something, Satan is going to fill you up with something. 
going to be the wrong feel. It's going to leave you empty. It's going to look good for a little while. It's going to feel good for a little while. But you're going to find yourself farther away from God. You're going to find yourself farther away from God. So are you filling yourself with the Holy Spirit? Are you staying in step with the Spirit like Galatians 5 says? Where you have accountability, where you're reading Scripture, where you're communicating with God on a daily basis? Are you having a good balance of the physical, the social, the emotional, and the spiritual, and the mental? Are you making time for yourself? Are you making time for your family? Are you making time for God? It's so easy to fall into the wrong fuel if you're not getting filled with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. If you're not being led by the Spirit, even when you're going into the desert. The second question I want to pose to you guys today is this. Do you have the humility to stop for fuel? Choosing the right fuel is important, but there's no use in choosing the right fuel if you don't have the humility to stop for fuel in the, in the first place. I'm always in denial every time I go on a road trip. I'm a cheapskate. Like, sometimes my, my gas tank will you know, have like below a quarter of a tank. And I don't want to face the fact that I'm going to have to spend a lot of money and fill up my gas tank. So I try to get away, get away with the least amount of gas possible when I'm going on a road trip. You know, and sometimes I'll be driving around Manassas and that light will go on and bling, bling, and it's so annoying. And like, you know, I end up behind, you know, like 10 people that are going like five miles per hour, you know, and then the lights are crazy long around here. I'm still getting used to these lights. These lights are crazy. And then I'm like screaming and my windows are up, which doesn't make any sense because nobody can hear me, but I feel better if I can just yell at all the cars and nobody can hear me. But, you know, I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel literally because, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to make it to a gas station. But I'm always in denial. I know that I need to fill up. I know that I need to spend the money, but I don't want to spend the money until it's too late or it's close to being too late. But here's the reality of knowing when to stop. You can get filled up you can get directions if you feel like you're lost. You can get the nourishment you need a lot of times. You can map out the rest of your trip because you're not living life in the fast lane at 100 miles per hour. You know, Jesus knew when to stop. Jesus knew when to stop. If you look at Mark 1.35, you know, Jesus woke up early in the morning, went to a solitary place to be with his father. And Simon and his companions are like, Jesus, everybody's looking for you, man. We, we need to heal all these people. We need to teach all these people. And, you know, he's like, you know what? Hey, I just need a little time here. <laughs> need a little bit of breathing room. You know, and, and we look at what was going on right before the feeding of the 5,000 in Mark chapter 6. Jesus is encouraging his disciples after they were doing a lot of teaching and healing. He says, hey, come with me on this boat to a solitary place. You guys need a little rest. Jesus was a huge advocate of knowing when to stop. You need time to breathe. You need time to process your thoughts. You need time to fill up. You need time to get nourishment. You need time to get your directions if you're lost. One of my favorite movies is the movie Click. Have any of you guys ever seen Click before? This guy gets this remote and he can like control life with this remote. It's an Adam Sandler movie. Wouldn't it be cool, you know, if we could just hit pause, you know? Honey, I want you to clean the garage. Pause, you know, or I want to go watch a football game, but 
You know, your wife wants to go to the mall. Pause. You know? Wouldn't that be cool? But here's the reality. We can hit pause. We can't hit pause the world around us, but we can hit pause. And Jesus was our best example of hitting pause with the craziness around us. Anybody love Forrest Gump? You know, these are some really deep words. You know, Forrest Gump was running from, you know, one end of the country to the other and then back. And he's like, you know, when I was hungry, I ate. When I was tired, I slept. When I went, I went. You know? But even Forrest Gump, as dumb as he was, he knew when to stop for rest. Do we know when to stop for rest? Do we get physical rest with spiritual rest? Do we get physical rest with spiritual rest? Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, all, all of you who are weary and burdened, come to me and I will give you rest. Isaiah 40 says, even youth grow tired and weary, but trust in the Lord and he'll renew your strength. Psalm 46, 10 says, be still and know that I'm God. Sometimes we just need to hit the pause button and breathe and be still and rest in the presence of God and let Christ give us spiritual rest. And along with that spiritual rest, we need to have physical rest. I think a lot of us are in denial. A lot of times, we think we live on the sun because we think the whole world revolves around us. Sometimes we can be real egotistical jerks. We think that life can't go on without us. It's like God created us to help the world go around and around sometimes. You know, there's always somebody to save, you know, in ministry. I, I know this firsthand. There's always, you know, somebody else to talk to. But sometimes i got to hit the pause button. And realize that God's going to use some other people, you know. God didn't just create me. Sometimes we think we need to be working on a project all the time. Sometimes, you know, we think we need to be watching our kids 24-7, you know. But God still uses other people. And God still uses himself. And a lot of times we don't want to trust in God. We don't want to trust in his strength. We don't want to trust in other people. But sometimes God causes us to hit pause. What good is it to gain the whole world if you lose your soul? What good is it to conquer the business world if you lose your soul? What good is it to drain yourself if you lose your soul? What good is it to gain all the money in the world if you lose your soul? What good is it to please everybody if you lose your soul? You're, quit being an egotistical jerk. The world doesn't revolve around you. Use God. Use other people. Hit the pause button. Hit the pause button once in a while. I was at camp this past week and I had... No contact with the outside world. Strasbourg is like no man's land. There's no internet access. There's no cell phone access. I was freaking out. I'm like, what the heck am I going to do? i got so much stuff to do next week. And God's like, hit pause. I have you here doing ministry. I need you to focus here right now. I need you to be still and know that I'm God. I need you to find rest in me. I will renew your strength. You know, I was talking about that almost 110-mile stretch between uh, Green River and Saline, Utah. Well, there's a sign um, near the last exit, you know. And this is what the sign says. No bull. No service for the next 110 miles. Selena, next exit. All services. Do you look for those signs when you're getting close to running on empty. Do you look for those signs that are reminding you, hey, I need to fill up with the right fuel. I have to have the humility to stop. 
Before I kill my body, my heart, and my soul. Because there's no bowl. You're setting yourself up for spiritual destruction. If you don't hit the pause button once in a while, if you don't stop the fuel, if you don't fill up, because Satan likes to put poop in a box, right? It looks good, it's wrapped well, but it smells funny and it feels funny after you actually dig in and look at it. I'm giving you guys graphic imagery the rest of the day, but it's okay. It's all in Jesus' name. It's all good. Life gets rough. You're going to be in the desert sometimes. But make sure you have enough fuel when you go through the desert. Make sure you fill up with the right fuel. Make sure you stop at the right times. Because your eternity depends on it. Your spiritual life depends on it. What good is it to gain the whole world if you lose your soul? Why don't you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, life gets crazy. We know that. We go at 100 miles an hour, and we don't always look at the gas gauge. We don't always take time to stop and to get fueled up. But Lord, help us to have the humility to stop. Help us to fill ourselves up with the right things, because Satan's going to fill us up with stuff if we don't fill ourselves up with you and your Holy Spirit. Help us to tap in your Holy Spirit. Help us to be true to your word. Help us to communicate with you on a regular basis. Help us to have accountability. Lord, help us to have the discernment between Satan's fuel and your fuel. Because we don't want to go through the desert empty. We want to follow your spirit and your spirit's leading. And if we've never experienced you, we can always start the journey at any time. It's not too late. Because when we stop, we realize that we've been lost and we can get the right directions and we can get the fuel to go in the right direction. As we go through the rest of the summer, help us not to forget you. Help us to take time, because the summer gets crazy. The summer gets crazy. But let it not be too crazy where we don't make time for you. Bless the rest of our worship time. We love you and we praise you. In your money and precious name, amen.